0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star...
1: Welcome in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, the Thursday edition. Short week for the Cowboys, short week for us. But let's just go ahead and get into it before we start looking ahead. A lot of people have asked me about, can the Cowboys beat the 49ers? My response is, if Dak has the time that he had behind that offensive line and makes the decisions that he made against the Bucks, which, by the way, hell of a defensive front. Mm-hmm. And We talked about yeah. this, the challenge that was uh, the defensive line – then I think they absolutely have a chance. Uh, I love that Dak showed up to his scrum today when he talked, wearing a hat that said, linemen lead the way. And, you know, I talked to so many people around here asking them about the offensive line. At times, it felt like Dak wasn't really trusting his his protection when Tyler Biotish was out. And apparently, even though we don't look at Tyler Biotish as a Travis Frederick, that's what he brings to that offensive line. Even when you lost Jason Peters early in the game, to have your rookie... Tyler Smith come in and switch positions mid-game I thought was incredibly impressive and I loved what Dak had to say about just Tyler specifically today. He didn't realize he was 21, how (laughs) young he is, but he said he's both a baller and a mauler. I mean, we saw some of the cut-ups of him going up against Vita Vea This week it's going to be Nick Bosa, so a big challenge, but my point in saying all of this is I just thought that was the best offensive line play we'd seen all season.
2: Yeah, from from a... um a pass blocking standpoint they were definitely out there fighting for every yard and even with the interior you look at v- Vita Vea Hicks those guys it was a boxing match in there like when those when Tyler collided i was i was just watching that on film just how much they were fighting to the last second to make sure that Dak had his time and that's half of the battle like the way that the playoffs is going to be you're going to be going up against Better players, like every time there's going to be better defensive linemen and for your linemen to just hang in there, well, Tyler dominated. But for the interior to just at least hang in there with some of the most dominant DTs in the game, oh, heck yeah. I was impressed by the offensive line play too.
3: Yeah, we talked yesterday about like the physicality, how surprising it is when you see it out of Mm -hmm. Tyler Smith. Uh, Zach Martin also didn't know that Tyler's literally like the youngest guy in all of the building. (laughs) Uh, So it's it's fun just to see his development. And we've talked about how – It's hard to consider him a rookie anymore because of how well he's played. We joked about the Devin White throwing him around like a sled. So it's just it's so interesting to see his development and how he's become a staple in that line, how he's become one of the leaders, one of the guys that you want to have on that line. Uh, And I love that you brought up the lineman lead the way. I uh, interviewed Aviant Collins, who is the creator of that brand. uh, And I asked some of the guys, Connor McGovern, Zach Martin in the locker room, what that Brand means, linemen lead the way, what that means. Aviant kind of explained it to me as we get dirty so Dak can stay clean. I and love that. so it's just the idea, the notion of that, you know, the linemen are the ones who are kind of dictating what happens. And what we talked about yesterday was how long Dak had to throw the ball. I think it was what? Like his time to yeah. throw the ball with when he had two and a half or more seconds. He had so much more time, is had more completions that way. I think he had an average throw time of let me see, 200, 2.84 seconds in the pocket just to throw and make those decisions. So when you talk about the success of Dak Prescott, you can't talk about that without talking about how well the linemen were leading the way. So I'm really excited for that story to drop. It drops in pregame live on Sunday. So.
1: Thank excited you for that. I'm going to use that it. as one of my hits. I'm yeah. going to get a yeah. copy of the, of the hat. Because I, I thought I loved seeing them give the shout-out, especially because – it was the fifth offensive line combo they'd mm-hmm. had this year. They decided to go with Jason Peters at left tackle in this one to give Dak the best chance up front, and then he went down early. Oh, and yeah, then, you know, first. we'll talk about entries in a little bit, but Jason Peters seems like the one that there's still, like, a big question mark on sure. him as it relates to uh, Sunday and his availability. He was off to the sides. He wasn't dressed out, but uh, working on the resistance cords. But it felt like they had an answer in this game, even when he went down?
4: Yeah, I was talking to Tyler Biotish in the locker room today, and I said, How does it feel to be so good at communicating? That's not a skill a lot of people have. And he said, It's my job. I take pride in that. Mm-hmm. And so when I was talking to him, I said, As a communicator, you have to communicate with different people in different ways. How do you know how to do that when the O-line is constantly shifting? And he said, that just goes back to the chemistry with the guys. He said that goes back to OTAs, that goes back to training camp, and all this time that they've spent together outside of being on the field. And uh, something that he said Mike McCarthy stresses is with every rep, whether it be in practice, a walkthrough, a full practice, what have you, that the mindset has to be there, that fast-paced mindset. And he said he takes so much pride in being that one staple that communicates yes for your front linemen, but also everybody else, he said, because it ties back to your back your tight ends, your receivers, he said everybody kind of relies on him he said and I take so much pride in that and um, so as far as him communicating and, and shifting how he communicates he said you know how I communicate with Tyler Smith is different than how I communicate with Jason Peters he said but it's knowing the guys so well that are next to you and you know how to communicate with them individually and knowing uh, their tandems is is what he said so I thought that was a really interesting little nugget from him but um, it showed it showed that the communication was back to uh, back and it also showed the confidence that they were playing with I, I think this was a different kind of confidence that you saw uh from this o-line on monday
1: credit to joe philbin too uh yeah you know there were times at camp and even in game we would see some of these different offensive line combos and you sort of find yourself going what are we doing here why aren't you just rolling the best available but we had talked about this uh ahead of this game how they were very particular about making sure that each week they were getting 10 to 12 reps at different line combinations and like i said it paid off i mean when you typically are going to Lose your starting left tackle in a game against the Bucks in that front seven—that would normally be a bad thing. Yeah, but the fact that they were able to adjust on the fly as well as they did. Now you lost an element of having Connor McGovern be an oper- having him at- available to be a fullback for you and do some of those jumbo packages. So it sort of took away a little bit of a wrinkle in your offense. But the fact that they were able to go in there and, and stabilize and fort- fortify that line—I just remember watching the game in in real time going it feels like he's got forever in the pocket, particularly mm. on what was it, that fourth and four to CeeDee Lamb when mm-hmm. the protection broke down. He had all the time in the world to throw that, that ball. And so I think all of these things go hand in hand, and it was nice to see these Cowboys kind of put this together, particularly against what felt like a boogeyman uh, <laughs> heading into this game.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think the challenge will be a little bit steeper. Going into Sunday's game, I mean, like, I don't think you can talk about defense without mentioning Nick Bosa. I mean, he's insane, the things that he's able to do. Mike McCarthy talked about his ability today and just what he brings to the table. So I, I feel much more confident going into this one from an offensive line standpoint, just getting, you know, seeing that you can lose a Jason Peters. And we talked yesterday, like, it didn't even feel like there was a change in the line. It just they were like, all right next man up let's go and I feel like because they had all of that experience all that resilience as they like to use the word around here in those different combinations that they were like well this isn't anything new (laughs) like let's do it again so it makes me feel better when you have you know that protection and you're going against a Nick Bosa and some of those other guys on the San Francisco 49ers line so
1: the other thing that stood out to me in this game is when we're not talking about you it means you probably did a really good job when we're talking (laughs) defense specifically yeah Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. I thought he did a hell of a job filling in there in the sense that we aren't talking about Xavier at all this week. Mm -hmm. And he had only been here, what, eight days Mm -hmm. before he got the start? And I think he had three practices prior to playing. Which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like he – I felt – and they need that answer heading into this game because we talk about the challenge of the 49ers, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, particularly those yards after Mm -hmm. the catch. When you're talking about Christian McCaffrey – they need guys that are going to tackle, that are going to not allow these guys to get those extra yards. And I don't know about you guys, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Aisha. Xavier Rhodes, do you think they found an answer there? I, I honestly think that it might be
2: Izzy.
5: Mm, like,
2: yeah. I honestly think it might – That, I mean, talk about a wrinkle. We had none of us. Well, the four safeties that they decided to employ in this game, too. But he played as a corner. Yeah. He played nickel corner. And, again, like, we had talked – I know I had talked to Israel multiple times this season and – he felt like he was equipped for the job, and for Dan Quinn to just be like, got you. Yeah. <laughs> you guys thought right. he was going to be on the sideline? Just kidding. Because when that inactive list came right. out, we were No surprised. nation. Yeah, we were yeah. like, weren't you shook? Like, yeah, I, w- I was shocked by that. It's yeah. happening right now, and but they had a plan, and they just moved Israel back to his uh, original position, you know, playing corner, but... I think they really found something with him specifically in that nickel spot because that's it looks like that's gonna allow Duron Bland or um, or um, Xavier Rhodes to go outside. But at the same time, like when you talk about Brenda Ayuk and those guys that really play in the middle of the field, you're gonna have guys. You're gonna need guys that are okay with getting through the trash yeah. because they have a lot of crossing routes. They do pick stuff. They do all this stuff. Um, and to throw off their timing, so I like I actually like this group of young DBs and Deron Bland, uh, Donovan Wilson, all those guys who are willing to come and come up and tackle because this is a yak team.
1: Donovan Wilson's a guy we don't talk about enough. I said he's my season MVP. If you start looking at you know if you guys are following the game and you start going by you know the plays and you're yeah. tracking. He's in on everywhere almost every other play yeah. and we really don't talk enough about Donovan Wilson. And he's
2: going to be needed in this game um with uh Christian McCaffrey running the ball him, Micah maybe at linebacker like setting the tone early for those guys, those cuz Christian is a once he gets started, he's difficult to slow down. He's mm-hmm. a very much so a momentum runner, and so I'm looking at Donovan
1: especially to be in this box and really be trying to shut down. Things. How about Jonathan Hankins' first sack of the game? Yeah, the guy that's just been literally saying for a couple of weeks, Doesn't "I'm ready him. to go." Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought he did a lot to fortify. I mean, the run defense because when you talk about this team, you know, we had talk, even talked to uh, Mike about this today. I said, "Have you faced?" a player like Christian McCaffrey yet and he said no, and particularly not a Christian McCaffrey Debo Samuel combo. Yeah. That's why to see Leighton Van Der Esch play lights out and yep. his first game back, the fact that J. Ron's not having to come back from the secondary to set the defense, you just you felt I, I not that I was surprised by this, but when I heard Mike McCarthy the week before tell me Leighton's the quarterback of the defense, I always kind of thought of Micah as that. Mm. Uh but I thought that was interesting that he called I mean obviously you wear the green dot, you're typically the quarterback of the defense, but I always kind of looked at Micah, so I thought that was interesting. And the way the guys talked about Layton, because look, there were some years I think that were tough for him, particularly finding his way when the Jalen hype train was you know running down the tracks, it was kind of what was his role, right? And then he was dealing with the injuries, so I love seeing that game from him. But I also loved just seeing Jonathan Hankins back, it gave you a little bit more confidence in what they've been able to do with the run because I think we still had a lot of question marks about that. Mm heading into this postseason.
4: I also think, too, with Xavier Rhodes, though, we didn't get to see much of him because the D-line was Even in needed. Tom Brady's yeah, face. That's a great point. There was never time for him to really shine during this game because business was taken care of right in front. The pocket was collapsing. They were batting balls. They were in Tom Brady's face, which is exactly the quickness that they needed to shut him down, so that way Tom Brady didn't have time to bully those CBs. He didn't
3: have time to do any of that. I just wanted to go back to Donovan Wilson really fast. Uh, <laughs> Next Gen has become like my like, off-season project today get proficient at this is his tackle chart so when you talk about like a guy who's all over the place (laughs) he is from literally sideline to sideline it's hard to see on the camera but uh he's been a guy to me that has just quietly or not so quietly been the MVP of this team I think when there's been issues at that second cornerback spot like he's the guy that you go to I think every week other than like this past week with Leighton Vander he's led the team in tackles he's getting sacks like he's just a guy who I think is going to be so beneficial in a game like this where you're trying to to limit the yak I think when you have a guy like Donovan who's not afraid to be physical who's not afraid to get up in their face me and Patrick always describe him as like a rocket because like you watch him and he's like And so it's just really exciting to have a guy like that, especially in a matchup like this where you're going to need some
1: some help in that area. Particularly uh, before I wrap this up, J. Ron Curse, even when you saw him come off the field, you started to feel like that defense sort of let up a little bit. I don't know what it is about J. Ron Curse, but he's a little bit of that secret sauce Mm -hmm. when it comes to defense. And, you know, look, he didn't practice. Uh, he's very limited today, sort of off on the cords, but he told reporters he's going to play on Wednesday, and I was told he's expected to play. So I think that's good uh, for the Cowboys. You know, one of the other concerns, we talked about the corner position, we talked about the offensive line. One area that has not been a concern for the Cowboys all season has been Brett Maher. And then for whatever reason in this game, and I know you guys talked about it a little bit yesterday. Brett Maher had an epic collapse. I have good news for the fans after scouting him in practice today. We'll have that on the other side of the break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating app of the Dallas Cowboys.
5: At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
0: All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with a recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott,
1: quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And
0: they snap at the Prescott, who looks right, it's not there. He escapes left, he'll run for a first down.
1: Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency.
0: Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores.
1: Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com.
0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block.
1: back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating. But first...
4: The Dallas Cowboys are heading to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round of the 2022 NFL playoffs. Come out to the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium for a free divisional watch party on Sunday, January 22nd. Cheer on the boys alongside the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and Rowdy while enjoying $5 Miller Lights, lawn games, food trucks, and more. Gates will open at 4 p.m. and kickoff is at 5.30. For more information, visit dallascowboys.com playoffs and Go Cowboys. Well,
1: guys, I decided that I am too emotionally weak to be a football player in the NFL because the criticism that can be lodged at some of these guys in real time is rough. And it seems like it doesn't go away until you, as they say in journalism, you're only as good as your last story. You're Mm -hmm. only as good as your last good game, right? And so for Brett Maher, it's one thing to watch it on TV, but to be in the stadium and just the... It was just the shock throughout the stadium, Tampa Bay and Cowboys fans alike, and then to look down at at the bench and then to catch even Dak in a rare moment of frustration about the need to go for uh, two, you watched him actually unraveling on air. And I don't know if you guys have ever had just a bad day at the office where you find yourself going, I just want to go home. Nothing is going right. I felt like that was the sort of day for Brett Maher. They told us they were going to explore options. They bring in uh, Tristan Viscano is what we've decided his actual name is. (laughs) Uh, And I was out of practice today. You were there, weren't you? Yeah. Um, Let's hope it's not Tristan. Because Tristan, his first and fourth didn't go in. His second, third, and fifth, y'all, it went left. Then it went right. It looked like my golf swing on a tough day with the wind. And it was was roughly about 20 miles per hour out there at times. Yeah, it was gusty. But the good news for Cowboy fans, Brett Maher nailed every single one. He was six for six for what we saw from the open portion to the media, and I loved that. You know, Mike McCarthy said he was one, he was in the building early on Tuesday, immediately working on this. You had John Fossil saying he wanted him to be his guy. That he was distraught. The first couple were were seemingly mechanical. Then it really got in his head. But everyone around the building seems to think that Money Maher is going to bounce back. And I, I think it's true, right? Yeah. Everybody has an off day. He was 50 of 53 in extra points this season. The only guy that was better than him, though, was Robbie Gould with the 49ers. So Cowboys cannot afford to miss that extra point. But I will be interested to see if they actually travel with this guy or if they brought him here to kind of push Brett. I, just, I, I, I hope he just was – maybe it was – First day out there jitters in front of the media, but it, it it didn't give me a lot of confidence. Yeah, where where
3: I get where, where I lean more towards the this feels like a insurance slash we need Brett to just have that motivation. And we talked before the show started. It was very similar to the OBJ chats. That kind that of CD going? motivated CD, whether he admits that or not, it motivated him. The timeline matches up. So I kind of feel it like it's similar in that regard. But also, too, you have to think about it from a logistic standpoint. Like at this point in the playoffs, like you can't afford to just be elevating guys and putting them on the yep. game day roster just to have them on there as insurance, Absolutely. right? Because then what are you sacrificing? You're putting two kickers on your roster and losing it where? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to
1: go well, to special teams. Yeah. Well, and not to mention how physical this game was last year, how physical this game could exactly. get with the 49ers.
3: Yeah, so to me, it doesn't feel – to me, this feels like, okay, Brett, we love you. We need you to have a push out there on the practice field. Get it done. Remind us that you're our guy because you've been that all season. And then in the event that for whatever reason, if they play on – or if he plays and they win and he still has a bad game, now you go to that insurance mm-hmm. and now you say, like, hey, like we've got to figure this out at least for this next game. So I don't know that we see him. Uh, Viscano, is that how we say it, Viscano? Viscano? Viscano. Viscano. I don't know that we'll see him on Sunday on the active roster, but it was refreshing to remind all of us. Like, Brett's still that dude. He had a bad day, like you said, but he had a bad day. Also,
4: too, it's <laughs> interesting because uh, Brian Anger spoke – earlier this week about what a bad field it was he used to be in tampa so he can speak on this specifically as somebody who worked on that grass and he said it's just a bad turf overall and um Talking to a couple people, too, who confirmed it's just not a good place to be kicking for kickers. It's very patchy and something that people don't consider about Tampa is the humidity and how that soaks into the ground. And that that impacts the grass in itself because it's not just a top level of moisture. It's soaked into the dirt under and that's going to make it more slippery to begin with, which makes it more patchy and just easier overall to become a more messed up field i'd be curious Jess, how many, our resident botanist that. over there <laughs> i'd be curious how Having many a background in weather, extra, extra points sometimes.
1: have happened in tampa this year then
4: it it would be interesting to look
3: i don't know that i want to say bobby looked at the statistics for this maybe give it but I, I think i heard him talking about that on the radio um Same. earlier in the week about kickers in tampa that's interesting so maybe shoot him a text.
4: Yeah. Ryan Anger, I thought it was interesting too. In in his locker room interview, mentioned how the NFLPA is this is something that's been brought to their attention specifically about Raymond James Stadium because of the the grass and just how bad it is condition wise for kickers in general. Wow. It's
1: fascinating. Yeah. I learned yeah. so just like I never knew. And shout out to Christy Scales. I don't think people understand how good she is on the sidelines. Yeah, this is great. But just bringing up the the Wilson footballs and how they get there two and a half hours ahead of kick, each team gets three balls. And how the, they were literally going to have to go yeah. to Tampa yeah. and You're borrow right. one of their footballs yeah. if because they were getting lost in the stands. I thought yeah. that was fascinating. I never yeah. knew that. I never even think to ask that. Yeah. I also learned from um, Manning this weekend during the Ma- Manning cast that halftime adjustments don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so that now great. don't expect me to ever ask a coach, so tell me about your halftime adjustments because apparently they don't exist. <laughs> yeah quick turnaround there's not a lot of examples that exist of cowboy or any team for that matter going on the road for a wild card game or a playoff game in general on a monday and then having to turn around and play on sunday what does that actually mean for the cowboys not only the fact they just got back from a west or east coast trip the last three weeks in a row i'm exhausted but now having to fly west coast you're getting 52 less hours to prep for this one i joked with dak i said Mike McCarthy said a number of these players were already on their iPads checking out game tape. I said, were you one of those guys? He said, nah. I was looking at the cutups from this game. He goes, around 2 o'clock the next day, I got myself two beers, some chips and salsa, and started digging the tape. But that <laughs> sort of gives you the mindset of these guys. I don't think they're taking it lightly, but they're not pressing, no, if that yeah. makes sense. And yeah. it sounds like a lot of these – I mean, we've talked to guys in the past. They hate practice. They just want to play the game. At this point <laughs> – <Micah. laughs> Right. At this point, I think in the year, because I had asked a couple of coaches, I said, is Mike not, you know, when the, guy, when the guys were struggling the last couple of weeks, is Mike not pushing these guys enough in practice? What's with all of these, like, in shells? And I was told, no, that's normal this time of year. It's just a lot of teams don't really talk about it as much. Where the, mm-hmm. cow- where the Cowboys beat, we dissect every single thing. But my point in bringing this up is talking to Zeke and talking to the other guys, I think it just it requires you to focus more. Yeah, And I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, even this week, I'm locked in because I've got a shorter week. I'm on a plane to Santa Clara on Saturday. So I, I I don't think it's a terrible thing for Dallas. What do you guys think?
2: No, I mean, and also, too,
1: I think people have been saying, I've been
2: hearing it all over, like, this is the same team from last year from the 49 It's about the same team besides, okay, well, good. We, we, we know that. We, we have, you know, the matchups together then. So I, it's kind of like even though it's been a whole year, if you're playing the same team, like I would assume like it maybe isn't as stressful. I think they're also very confident in whatever game plans or whatever they're putting together. They, Like you said, they don't seem like they are pressing the mm-hmm. issue. This does not feel like some uh, unattainable feat. Like, oh, my God. Like It does not seem like they're going up against some juggernaut to them. They're like... It's another team. We're preparing the same way, and I like that from them because the,
1: I think the outside is panicking, and they're not, so I appreciate it. And I love that they say they wanted this opponent. Yeah, yeah. that right? was quick Because too. let's talk about last year, guys. I remember there was trash coming from the stands. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of that was directed at the refs. An uncharacteristically frustrated Dak Prescott was at the podium. It came down to the final play. Such a fluke deal not getting the ball <sighs> back. And I love that Dak talked about this today. He said we're more mature this year. Mm -hmm. He also talked about the culture and the brotherhood is so different too. You know, he had said to us a couple weeks ago, this is one of those years where I don't remember ever talking to the defensive coordinator as Mm -hmm. much as I have, the defensive line coach. And the idea that, and even talking about his age, he's one of the oldest quarterbacks, which is kind of funny. He was like, you know, that S changes. I do think there's some wisdom From last year, of course, that's something they had to deal with all last season. We talked about Mike McCarthy's job security, the Dan Quinn rumors, you know, is Dak the guy? They've heard all of it, and this is their chance to sort of return the favor. I love that they're drawing this one early.
3: I think you have to remember, too, that the whole theme of the team this year is that word resilient. Uh And where did that word come from? It came from this game. Mike McCarthy literally said, When I was coming up with this idea, the only thing that I could think of that would encompass what this team should be is resilient, how they all felt after that game. They knew they underperformed. They knew it wasn't the performance that they should have had. And so the fact that even in the offseason that this game... Was maybe not their focus, but it was for sure something. Then they've talked about it. It's something that they've kept in the back of their mind that this is kind of the goal to get to this, so they can continue to move past. I think that speaks volumes to you know them getting here and them being in the matchup. And when you talk about the short week too, like the Cowboys are four and zero on short weeks this year. They beat Washington, they beat Philly, they beat um, the Giants, and then Titans, they beat right? the Titans mm-hmm. again, all on a short week. And so T. Y. Hilton kind of explained it to me best. He said. There's not a whole lot we can do about it, right? These are the cards that were dealt. If we wanted to be better at it, then we should have performed better in the season. But this is the reality. This is what we have. So this is all we got. There's no sense in stressing about the fact that, oh, they have more time to rest. They have more time to prepare because that doesn't do us anything except waste those 52 hours less that we have. So I just think kind of like you were saying, they're just they're so dialed in. They're so locked in. I've said it since the moment I've stepped into the building working for this team. It they just feel different. Like mm-hmm. they yeah. you can't describe it. It's just they're different. They're not not taking things seriously, but they're also not over analyzing the matchups that they're drawn. They're not over thinking, you know, about what's next. It's just like, all right, like let's
1: They really let's roll have in. a panic dog year. I mean Mm-mm. think about yes, it when it, yeah. when Tyron yeah. Smith went down. There felt like a little bit of panic cutting it. I remember interviewing the guys of the blue carpet the day after, and there was just yeah. a little bit of uncertainty because you didn't quite know what to expect from Tyler Smith at that point, right? This poor kid was a rookie. Dak goes down. Didn't seem to waver. Defensive linemen, you've lost corners. I just – they haven't really flinched. The only yeah. time I – I got to be honest, I, I, I questioned them a little bit was after that Washington game. Mm. They just – the one that just happened. They felt stunned yeah. after that one. For me, it was the yeah. Jaguars game. For me, and and I say
3: that because that left them all in such a funk for so many days. You know, like, even the Eagles game. Like, after the first loss to the Eagles, like, they were like, yeah, this sucks, but on to the next. Like, yeah. that Jaguars game, they were upset about it they hate until stuff. Thursday, you know. And then even still, it was like you were nervous that they were going to have that streak snapped of not dropping back-to-back games. And so, to me, that's the only time where I have really kind of felt like, oh. But the fact, like
1: I said, to start this game against the Tampa Bay Bucks and start with two three and outs, I was like, yeah. here we go again. Yep. And it was the <laughs> fact that those guys, yeah. they just they stayed with it, right? Yeah. And I, I thought that was huge. So, when people ask me, why are you so confident you think the Cowboys can win? I think they've been through a lot this season. Now, you could argue so has the 49ers, right? Sure. I just – I tend to think that the Cowboys have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder right now.
4: I just feel like they're not trying to overcompensate for anything. Yeah. They are truly just so zoned in on what they need to do. It's not this overfocus and – stressing out about their matchups. I mean, they're calm, they're collected. And even uh, when Micah talked today, uh, somebody asked about Nick Bosa, like, mm-hmm. is this is this a competition between you and Nick and who's going to play better? He's like, no, like, I'm focused on me and what I'm doing. And specifically, he said, if I play into their game plan, of course, I'm not going to be good. I'm playing into my own game plan so I can be my best at what I'm doing. So they're focused on their own stuff. And and I love that mentality because once you start to focus too much on something else, it eats at you and it gets you. In your head and I think what Mike McCarthy has done with this team mentally is just so important and how they're staying locked in and focused because I don't think I've ever seen this this team be so mentally locked in and not let the outside noise get to them and that's hard to do when you play for the Dallas Cowboys there's a lot of outside noise
1: there was a lot leading up to this yeah, one.
4: yeah they like
2: each other dude like, <laughs> get along yeah. I know it sounds redundant I know it sounds like whatever but to me, in any of these type of settings and team settings, liking each other is half of the battle.
1: Mike McCarthy's first year, that defensive group did not like each other, and they and it, for and each it showed. Other. Mm-hmm. And you can
2: see it on the field that they play for each other. The celebrations. I mean, shout out to what's uh, oh, Alex for South at the sideline because yeah. it gives mm-hmm. us such a unique view into and them. Like you, you brought up Jaron Curse. I mean. On sides of the sideline, he's talking to Michael like, "You run this thing like we go as you go. Like keep going, keep going." Like that energy. I don't know if I maybe I'm new. Maybe I'm new here, but I ain't seen that.
1: I think they were really good in free agency this year. Free agency this year, bringing in some veteran guys. And how they drafted it. Yeah, the guy, but the guys that they've brought in off the street, the Jason Peters, the uh, T. Y. the, the T. Y. Hilton, the Xavier Rhodes. I think that's been huge for these guys because they have postseason experience, right? And so I felt like for a, for a bit, it's funny watching because, as as Dak said today, you know, S changes. I remember his 2016 year like it was yesterday. It's hard for me to believe sometimes it's been seven years. Straight <laughs> up. That's crazy. <laughs> but that is such a young locker room. And sometimes I've watched his maturation this year moving from, like, there were years where he was such a quiet leader. And I don't think he quite knew what his – how vocal he wanted to be. Same with Zeke. But the way both of those guys have sort of turned the corner this year and the way that they've really led. I mean, even Dak talked about it today. After a bad game, it's important that I show up and show them the way. You know, like I can wake up from a bad game and and be in here, and he thinks that it matters. And I, I agree with that. I think a lot of these guys believe no matter what the score of the game is, if Dak Prescott is their guy under center, they still have a chance to win it. And
4: that's hard to do after a loss, especially when you go back to the Washington game where that was just frustrating on every single level for every single person for Dak to come in, wake up the next day and say, all right, we're going to behind you and we're play not going to do it
1: from the worst game to the best game. Yeah, that's what was crazy about it. And and I think it helps too that the Cowboys are heading into this one as as underdogs because I don't truly, tell Mike that <laughs> right. Yeah. But I truly believe that Dak thrives on that. I do too. I have just been
3: so impressed. I mean, obviously, as someone who's like grown up with this franchise, you you have that attachment to whoever's playing quarterback for this team, right? But it's just been so impressive. To, he is one of those people to me, very similar to Dan Quinn, that he doesn't necessarily ask for your attention, but he definitely demands it quietly just in the way that he leads and just the way you see some of these guys, I mean, even guys on the defense talk about how instrumental he is in keeping them up or, you know, the fact that when he's throwing two interceptions a game, he's throwing a pick six. He's the first one to come over and say, hey, that's on me. I'm going to do it. And I know, like, it's your job to, as a quarterback, to take some kind of accountability. But he Zach gets... Wilson wasn't doing it with the
1: Jets this year, wow. right? I don't don't got... get me
3: started on but, Zach Wilson. But we've
1: got plenty of examples in the league of guys that yeah. that, that don't do that. Yeah. And, and I just think it, it's such an important part of
3: being a quarterback that, just like you said, not everyone can do not everybody wants to do and the fact that he is constantly you know put in these situations where people are trashing him I mean like respectfully Dan Orlovsky had him listed as the third worst <laughs> quarterback in the playoffs right now, now when and Dak
1: says he's not <laughs> paying attention to the noise yeah or whatever,
3: he sees that he totally sees that. yeah and it just you've got to be able to respect him, him. That. yeah you've got to be able to respect him I'm not trying to say that this has been like an MVP caliber year for Dak Prescott. We no. know this has not been the performance that we expect from him, but the third worst quarterback in the playoffs, Dan? And no, you know it's worst. no.
4: I mean, what's incredible is so I was watching RG3 talk about Dak coming back from even just the thumb injury and how the mechanics of even just returning from that and playing like he was even this far out from it. It's still an injury that happened on your throwing hand. And people forget that, that there was still a lot he had to learn to readjust throughout the season. I'm not making excuses for the interceptions or anything, but he still came back from a throwing hand injury and got this team right on track to the playoffs with a winning record, which if the NFC East wasn't so competitive, easily would have sealed the NFC East in any other season. So that's
1: what I keep saying. The, respect I mean, on his the name. quality of opponents they've had this year has been tough. Now look, this backstretch, I think is why a lot of us sort of had a big TBD on this team because they were playing, I mean, teams that were rolling out backup starters yeah. and it just, it didn't feel like things were clicking. But when this group gets things to click, they feel unstoppable. Yeah. And I think I truly believe they get past the 49ers. That's what I said. I think that you win on Sunday, we're pack your bags, we're going okay. to Arizona. Okay, but ladies, <laughs> we were talking about this and, and Media Mash. It would be such a cowboys thing to do. And I've said this on the show before, the it's this is the way. That they would beat the 49ers, beat Tom Brady. Giants beat the Eagles, oh, and then they would God. lose at home to the Giants. Can you imagine? No, I was. Jane, I love I that, want that you bring that up. I was. Doing that. Well, I was like just having that
3: conversation right? with Marcel, uh, my boyfriend, the other day, and I said, honestly, like I'm more afraid of the Cowboys facing the Giants than I am the Eagles. And he was like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "Well, obviously, the Eagles are the better team, right? On paper, yeah. like they look better, their record is better. But there's something about Daniel Jones that." That flusters this team. We've seen it every time and that he's they've played. Fire. He yeah, look
1: different. And he, yeah, he playoff, like he put on playoff. Dak pounds. is
3: different. Playoff. Daniel is different. And so I, I love that you brought that up. I was literally just having that conversation the other day. It's like. Yeah. That would be, I would that. rather like, play the Eagles, I think. I'm
4: like, yeah, no, Jane, I don't want to deal with my angry dad. You get your, your angry text from your dad, I do too. I don't want to deal with my dad coming all the way over here to watch them lose at home again in the playoffs. It was a very long car ride when we would drive back to Las Cruces. I don't have to do that car ride anymore, but my mom does. I don't want her to have to go through that again. Can that my was dad's happy. are so silent.
1: over-emotional. Right,
4: no, it was, no
2: kidding, though. I can't though. do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm sorry. I think the Giants are good, I just can't like they, Dak Prescott. I just, he just plays so well against them. Typically, I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm also too like, I agree with y'all that if they get up for f- the 49ers and they and they can beat Philly, like
3: they they should be all right.
4: Dang, then everybody that's been posting on their Facebook statuses for years, this Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. Like, ah, I've done that every but, year. But I love you. doing
3: that. <laughs> it's just like people get so mad at me, they're like, you're so stupid. Your team is. Stutters. It's just like a reaction. I just love <laughs> that
1: people bring up the Cowboys the last time they were super. I'm like, hey, by the way, the 49ers, last time they went was 94, I right? I mean, you so, could have with so so the other teams. You the Raiders, so, I it, mean, a, there's
4: a lot of people. It's just the Cowboys, everything's blown out of proportion all the time.
1: Well, let's take our final break, and we'll have final thoughts on the other side of this. This is Girls Talk Voice Talk brought to you
5: by Jigsaw Dating.
0: Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more.
4: With Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar,
1: you no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim blended without added sugar. Smoothie King rule the day.
5: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to
0: wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: the girls talk boys talk brought to you by jigsaw dating the
4: official dating app of the Dallas
1: Cowboys but first Jess
4: James Wright is your 2022 Cowboys fan of the year James brings the spice to every Dallas Cowboys game and now he needs your help to bring him to the Super Bowl vote for James to be given the ultimate title of the NFL fan of the year presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at nfl.com slash fan of the year
1: well ladies you were talking uh, about Cowboys dad uh, before the break <laughs> I just have to say, I'm really excited for this game for one very specific reason. I reached out to my bosses and I said, you know, my dad is the biggest Cowboys 49ers fan. The reason why I do this is because of watching so many of those epic matchups in the postseason with my dad. So do we have any tickets laying around NFL Network? Because from time to time, they'll give tickets to staff. I had no idea that one of my colleagues, Steve Weiss, who I love, reached out to the 49ers and y'all. Not only did they get my dad a tick to the game, Aww. he is in the end zone four rows up, Aww. which is incredible. He's, so they got him a sideline pass. So my dad, he was, God, had such a tough year with my mom, gotten up yeah. four o'clock in the morning, taking her to countless chemotherapy appointments. And, you know, I think we talked about this going to be a hard year towards okay. the end. Uh, the fact that I'll be able to experience this with my dad, just because I know you girls have talked so lovingly about your fathers and sort of. Leading you to this career path. Yeah. I'm really, really hyped up for it. So it'll be special. I hope my dad, for that reason, gets to gets see a the win. win.
4: And, oh. and you get your picture on the sideline with him and yes. just enjoy every moment because I'm, I'm sure to, from a father's perspective too just watching you do your own thing is going to be a really proud moment for him
1: I just got to watch him because when I took him to Kenny Chesney man he kept harassing Mike oh, no. McCarthy and Britt Brown it was like Mike let me get you a drink and he's like oh, literally like this guy's a fame monster <laughs> so I'm hoping he behaves himself I told him no high noons he didn't know that high noons were alcohol and oh, he was, and he oh thought it was like a seltzer. they
3: will get you so That's he had
1: like noon. he had like seven of them before we even and got there, so I'm like, listen, Dang. listen, young man. behind What's your no, best behavior? New, think like white claw,
3: but with tequila,
2: barnacles or vodka, you, who, which I don't know oh, which yeah. one it is, but it's
3: like vodka, it's like, it's like, like straight oh, vodka with real some alcohol, not like those. Fruit it's fruit good white, white like, claws. Is
4: it oh, like more loco ish? Oh, god. It feels like it's it kind after of like a couple. an adult for
1: local. Yeah,
3: I would I say that. Say
4: that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? If, if your dad drinking local. those high noons contributes to a win, if it's, if it's in his uh, anti-curse book or it's his tradition, <laughs> let him do what he's got to do, Jane. Uh, let well, the man get his win how he feels he needs to. Well, how
1: do you think the Cowboys are going to get a win? That'll be our final thought for the show today. I know heading into the break you love seeing Dak get mobile again.
2: Oh, yeah. That's that's a big deal. Like, and, and it opens up things. And with this San Fran defense, they're so fast. Um, their linebackers are fast. I think the way that you beat them is right now it looks like their secondary has some issues. You can de- you could take advantage there. CD, I think, has some favorable matchups back there also. Um, the, your tight ends are going to have to come play. They're going to have to be ready to be pass catchers to go up against these linebackers, but also to be ready, willing to ready to chip and be active. I talked to Jake Ferguson and those guys about it, and they're like, they know that to get Bosa off his game, like you're gonna have to, and honestly, just get your playmakers involved. Like last time you see, you saw these two teams battle. CD had one pass. Tony Pollard Pelly had any carries. Cowboys had almost 100 yards of penalties. <laughs> Go play your Don't game, and it's
1: gonna change things. I, I yeah. think. And Dak have. talked about that today. He said CD Lamb was not gonna have. He was gonna be getting the ball to CeeDee Lamb.
2: Yeah, and and when you watch their – like again, we watched the 49ers secondary. There's opportunity there. Um, so find a way to s- lame <laughs> and those guys, you know, CMC. Uh, it's the matchups. There's stars on every level and it's up to who stars are going to be the stars. Like it's 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 going to be pound for pound. Sis, like I'm, I'm wait. I'm waiting. I am ready for this game.
3: For me, it feels like you're going to have to recognize that you're going against those playmakers, right? Like you're going to have to – you know Christian McCaffrey is going to break off for some yards. You know exactly. Debo Samuel is going to get some yards after the catch, right? That being said, it becomes even more important for the Cowboys to focus on on their ball game and capitalize on their opportunities. I know that's something I asked T.Y. earlier in the week. I was like, you know, I know you didn't play in this game last year, but you're a part of it now. You know, what changes? How do you guys keep focus? And he literally said – We can't divert from anything that we have done. Like, we know what our strengths are. So to your point, like, adding the tight ends in there, seeing the success that they had, you're facing a tough run defense, so that might be a struggle for you. So any other way you can get the offense involved, taking advantage of a little bit of a busted secondary, so to speak. But for me, the big thing is the the turnovers last week and not having them was Mm -hmm. game-changing, in my opinion. So taking care of what you can control, limiting those turnovers, and then, like I said, just recognizing that big plays are going to happen. And it's not how you necessarily contain the big plays, but how you – Bounce back or how you recover from them.
2: Maybe forcing some turnovers. Yeah, yeah. On mm-hmm.
3: this young,
2: yeah. Always this young rookie quarterback <laughs> that I keep forgetting. I think people forget he is a young dude here. So yeah, for sure. Yeah,
3: yeah. their Dak is. You mentioned that earlier. Dak is the oldest quarterback in the playoffs. Brock Purdy is the second youngest.
4: Oh, there you go. Really? I think for me, it's going to oh. be the competition mm-hmm. of the tight end groups on both sides. Whichever tight end room is going to get their versatility out and and get their blocking better is going to be the better team. I think uh, a lot of people forget that the the 49ers also have a very versatile tight end group that can do exactly what we've seen success on, on this side of things with their tight ends, the blocking, the pass pro. I mean, gosh, there's so many things they can do here. It's it's scary. So whichever tight end room can be the tightest, if you will, that's going to do it for me. Also, an emphasis on tackling yes, for the defense specifically. Obviously, we know those yak the, the yak factor of this game is going to be huge. 49ers are just so elite when it comes to those yards after catch and they push and they fight for every yard so the defense though they've had some slips with the tackling they've gotten better throughout the the season tackle your guy down the first time no missed tackles and get him down that's really my point of emphasis is the tackling and no penalties. I want a low penalty game once again.
1: I think we all cringe when we saw the hot boy chains uh, ahead of this one. I'ma let them do I it. I did. Like I loved it. But you guys don't you guys don't remember being around here Ugh. and covering this team during mm. the Hot Boys but days. She, these are different and then humans. do you remember 49ers also had the Hot Boys debate? They were the Hot Boys. <gasps> yeah. It was so much drama. But I think it you know, I talked to Demarcus Lawrence about he said it's all about establishing their identity and that identity seemed to work against Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think they're going to need that sort of pressure against this young guy, Brock Purdy. I don't think he's faced a defense quite like Dallas's. Nope. I think you can if you get him off his game. I think the Cowboys can have a lot of success. The best oh, yeah.
4: defense they've faced, or Brock Purdy has faced, is Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, really, when or even just Washington, when you look at different stats. This this will be a test for, for Brock Purdy. So, yes, don't count him out, but also don't count this defense out for testing Brock Purdy and what he's. Yeah.
3: I'm proud able of you for be. not using a Brock Purdy pun, honestly.
4: I was going to say it can no. be pretty interesting uh, what happens. God. But, where did that one come and from? And that's what we is. call
1: an ender. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Hopefully, we are talking Victory Monday on Monday. do be lit. <laughs>